we find ourselves in a bustling beach city nestled against a glittering ocean bay. People from all walks of life flow through the streets, going about their daily lives. Among them, three adventurers make their way to the port, far from where they started and ready to hang up their hats. Can they finally settle down here, or will they be unable to leave the adventuring life behind? Only time will tell. Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter, for the moment, at FTLcast, uh, at FTLcast.com, and we do have a Tumblr at FTLcast that I'm terrible at maintaining, but you never know, stuff might show up there. Uh, we also have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash FTLcast. Uh, today we're playing Stewpot, Tales from a Fantasy Tavern by Takuma Okada. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. Uh, Stewpot, Tales from a Fantasy Tavern is a collection of small games for groups of three or more players. Each game lets you, a retired adventurer, play out different parts of running a tavern and settling down in a town together with your old adventuring party. You'll be scrambling to cook something edible with random ingredients, bartending for troubled souls, calming down a tavern brawl, going shopping for all the things a tavern needs, and more in a variety of slice-of-life scenes. I'm August, and you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, for now, and Tumblr at StrangeHarpy, and my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, we have Zachary. Hello, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at ObfuscatingGod. You can find the music I make at IamBugBear.BandCamp.com. My pronouns are he, him. And we also have introducing a somewhat new cast member. You've already heard them, but uh, they are officially on the uh, roster here today. Uh, Anya. Hey, my name's Anya. I don't remember my social media handles, but if you really want to find me, you better be sending me K-pop stuff. Otherwise, I don't want to talk. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I don't use social media. And my pronouns are they, them. Our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, and plagues and pandemics. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. As we said before, uh, Stewpot is a game where you play retired adventurers uh, settling down and starting a tavern together. Uh, and the first thing that we have to do is uh, we actually have to create our tavern. 
Your tavern and the area around it is central to the whole game. Uh, we'll be working here, of course, but we'll have plenty of time off and exciting events like festivals that will take place here. The first thing that we have to determine is our location. Uh, in the book, it describes a couple of different locales uh, that we can choose from or we can choose our own. But does anybody have any sort of inclination? Do we want to be at, like in a city? Do we want to be in the middle of nowhere, like you know, diner on the side of the road near a roadside attraction, that kind of thing? So, whatever we choose, we'll be in some way in, in conversation with the last time we played Stewpot. So my my impl- inclination is to do different things mm-hmm. than we did last time. Um, that's just my impulse because I think we played like we were like in like a little town uh, with like a mush like a mushroom village or something. So I think a big city would be pretty cool. Yeah, um, I was thinking similarly, although I could not recall off the top of my head what we had done last time. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely uh, doing something different is good. So um, I'd be down for the big city. Yeah, I think that sounds cool. What kind of big city is it? Are we a mountain city? Or are we like a coastal city or something else, a floating city in the astral void? That's what my kids picked when we played this at the library. (laughs) A a, a floating city in the astral void? Of course, they're eight. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, a coastal city could be fun just because then we have the option for pirates as well. Although, I mean, I guess we could get uh, sky pirates in a mountain city. Mm-hmm. I am a beach bitch. Are we thinking beach? Are we thinking like white sand beaches? Or are we thinking like uh, New England coast? Oh. I'm not terribly familiar with what the New England cl- coast looks like. Is that like more rocky terrain? Rocky. Yeah, like rocky shores, a lot of crustaceans, um, kind of misty, kind of colder, but still like off the off the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like Maine, you know, and uh, and Maryland. I guess there's probably more. Boston is the the New England, but the Cape, the Cape, yeah. But we could also just be we could just be beach beach days all day. We could have a cabana, some <laughs> bungalows. Oh my god, that could be pretty sick. If we do yeah. that, we have to have mango margaritas. Mm-hmm. I'd be down for for having a cabana. So for our location, we're going to do a large coastal city with uh, beaches and cabanas. And... Feeling very Miami. Yeah. I love fantasy Miami. <laughs> Fiami. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the next thing that we have to discuss is uh, the look of our tavern. Like, what interests us most about a building? Where are our eyes drawn to? Uh, just generally what it would look like. Um, I think, you know, we mentioned cabanas. Um, mm-hmm. So I am seeing one of these examples that just says boat. Yeah. That could be fun. A party boat? Party <gasps> barge? Uh, <What>? Boat party. <laughs> boat party. <laughs> um, Full circle. Yep. Yep, full circle. Um, I'd be down with a party boat. I love that. It doesn't have to be like like hard party, but it could, you know, yeah, boat a boat that we like we like 
there's like a big bay or a big like like you know um like yeah like a big bay that we could like maybe even sail around to be like moored in different places uh for different like parts of the city love it that's that sounds great Mm -hmm. and then finally because this this game knows us uh, and knows that we have a tendency to forget to name things. It explicitly calls out that we need a name. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because we're we're a party boat, you know, and we're in a, a coastal city, we need a ridiculous sea themed name. I was gonna say we could call the boat the Take It Easy. Ooh, what you don't want to be the Jesus Lives, babe. Oh my god. <laughs> That's one of the boats that would be in the harbor every night when we stayed in Tybee. <laughs> was Incredible. the Jesus lives. <laughs> yep. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for the take it easy. Yeah. And then uh is it oh it says uh it's a good idea to think of a symbol to go with the name. I think the a, a great symbol, like logo, could be um like of somebody in a hammock with like their hat over their face. Oh. All right. Um so taverns have uh three ratings. Uh and those ratings are cuisine, atmosphere and service. Uh they all start at 1, which is the lowest rating. Uh so Cuisine one means a cramped kitchen, a small pantry, cheap local wines, a small brick oven. Atmosphere one means straw mattresses, narrow chimneys, bare walls. So we're kind of a bare bones boat. We don't have fairy lights or party lanterns yet. Well, that's obviously a priority. Yep. And (laughs) the... uh, Service rating of one means uh, a former farmhand and an an injured local guard. Uh, And we start off small, kind of shabby, but with hard work and more than a little luck, uh, we hope to become a home away from home for all adventurers passing through. As we play minigames, time passes, um, and our characters become better at running the tavern and word spreads. Uh, after every third game, everyone will take a break to check in. Then we'll play a game called Wear and Tear and increase one of our tavern ratings by one up to a maximum of four. You can also choose to play Wear and Tear on your turn uh, to increase a rating by one, but we should still take a break before playing it. This will reset the need to play Wear and Tear every three games. There are other ways to inc- uh, increase a uh, tavern rating, but we'll get to those when we get to those. So the next step uh, in preparing to play this game is to create our characters. Um, And the game says, your characters are the heart of the tavern. You keep the kitchen running, the fires roaring, the beds made, and the tables clean. Um, We need uh, a few things to make our character a name, a look, jobs, and experiences. So I I did have one question. Yes. Because for the service rating, every time you gain a point in service rating, you create a new NPC employee who represents one of many new hires. We do start with one point. Do we start with one employee? Uh, I think we do. Do we want to talk about that after we talk about our characters? Or do you want to... Let's go ahead and talk about our characters, and then we can decide who our employee is. Cool. 
So um, I introduced everybody in a different order than we are in the dock. So let's just go in the order we are in the dock. Uh, so Anya, if you don't mind introducing your character, name, look, uh, your adventurer job, and the uh, adventurer skills that you bring to the table. Yeah. So uh, I'm playing a character that I haven't played since 2020. His name is Atlas Bremer, a.k.a. Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> uh, his pronouns are he, him. He's a lanky wizard with shoulder-length straight blonde hair and a youthful face. He wears many rings on multiple fingers and has a wardrobe of fancy cloaks. His weapon is a staff of dark wood worn smooth. His armor is an iridescent cloak of feathers. And his quirk is shoulders that tense at the sound of metal. His adventurer job was a wizard, and the three like big touchstones I took for him were prestidigitation for small wonders, magic missile, projectiles of astounding accuracy, and arcana, vast knowledge of the magical and unusual. And his town job is going to be a scholar. Awesome. Uh, and I will be bringing back everybody's favorite pink-haired cat boy, Precious Starling. Um, he's a, a short, slender cat boy with pastel pink hair, uh, blue eyes, and dun-colored fur. I haven't decided exactly how cat of cat boy he is in this universe. Um, I don't know if it's anime cat boy or if it's, like, tabaxi, but we'll figure that out. His weapon is a dirk with a curious carved hilt. Uh, his armor is a well-kept traveling cloak and his quirk is a gleaming smile. His adventurer job was uh, being a rogue, and his rogue skills are Cat's Grace, which is extraordinary agility, nimble fingers, no lock stays locked, no trap can catch you, and Lightfoot, act undetected, and his town job is a poet. He is hoping to be a poet in his new life. So a scholar and a poet. We're going to have a great restaurant. Yeah, a scholar and a poet uh, walk into a bar. And open mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be pay playing uh, a new character. New to you is a character that I have written about a lot in uh, like my own short fiction that might go somewhere at some point. Uh, Beck Halbury. In my, the last time I played this, I was the fighter with Jericho. This time I am Beck, the swashbuckler. He is sturdily, sturdily built with close-cut hair and a well-trimmed goatee. Very simple and straightforward, both in look and manner. Uh, his weapon is a simple saber. His uh, armor is well-worn boots, immaculately maintained. And his quirk is that his eyes are always watching. He is very straightforward, but he is not oblivious. Uh, his adventure job was the swashbuckler, which left him with the skills duelist, master of the blade, in the rigging, climbing and acrobatic feats, and bravado, never falter. Uh, and in town, his job will be a cook. Well, it's good to have at least someone. <laughs> it says, yeah, it says chef in the book, but he's a cook. He's like, I'm, I'm not a chef. I'm a I cook. Mm-hmm. It's good that we have at least one person who's dealing with food. <laughs> yep. All right. So our first employee mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of a a snazzy name, but um. Do you have an idea for what, who or what they are? Um, I think it makes sense for maybe a grizzled retired sailor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we need somebody to be able to help us captain this boat. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is, you know, maybe a sailor who may be disabled uh, a little bit, but is still willing to help us uh, with this with this party boat because you know it it's a relaxing change of pace from the from the life that they had before i once Mm. was a sailor now i run a party boat yeah uh cool yeah um i had been imagining like a fish man Ooh, that's pretty cool yeah it's just a big, big fish head and, and like a kind of scaly, just big body, um, but wearing normal like sailing clothes. Is there a name for that kind of? I mean, there's lots. Um, in Pathfinder is actually making a new uh, one uh, in in, a, in an upcoming book. I forget what they're called. Mm-hmm. Of like just fish guy. Um, kind of, kind of like a Lovecraftian deep one a little bit, um, but probably not as like spooky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a fish man. Hmm. Sounds good. An, an ichthian. Very nice. Right, Ich ichthian is is a. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, an ichthyosaur is an old uh, water dinosaur. Yeah, ichthys yeah. is the Greek for fish. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh, what gender do we feel like our grizzled sailor is? Well, it's been boy squad so far. Do we want to keep the ball rolling, or do we want to have do we want to have a grizzled fish lady? <laughs> what a combination of words! You could have a grizzled fish non-binary. You know. Yeah. Don't put that shit on me. That's land shit. Yeah. <laughs> fair. He. Never heard of it. <laughs> Jesus. Sounds good. And I think that their name is not pronounceable by human mouths, but they go by something <laughs> else. Uh, what's the, what, what should they go by? Is it something cool or just something like stupid, plain, and simple? <laughs> scooter. I love Scooter. Scooter or Schooner? Schooner could be good. Ooh, yeah, that's schooner. A, that's a kind of kind of boat. Yeah, I know a boat thing. Boats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. So, uh, the next thing that we do is uh, we play the game uh, the first step. Uh, and then we'll take turns choosing mini games to play. Um, after mini game, after mini game ends, we write down any uh, memories we've gained and uh, check to see if anyone wants to take a break. And if not, the next player chooses a game. Uh, every three games, we'll take a break and then play wear and tear to upgrade the tavern. Um, we'll get to ending the game when we end the game. Makes sense. Yeah. So the first step 
uh, before you decided to put down roots here, before you found this group of friends, what were you doing? What was the first thing you learned about how to live in town? Um, how long were we adventuring together? Like, how old are we at this point? Are we, are we a relatively seasoned party or are we a party that, you know, got a few years in and, you know, had a good break? So it's like, eh, I'm out. I would think Beck is pretty seasoned, personally. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking with my, like, quirk that I went with. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. So let's say we've been we've been doing this 10, 15 years, 20 years. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to note uh, down. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think like 10 or 15, you know, we're all we start if we started young in our in our late in our late teens, that makes us in our in our mid 30s. Sounds good. I like that idea a lot. A mid 30s precious is probably insufferable. <clears throat> um all right, so the setup for the game is everyone plays. Every character gains a town experience. Uh, we take turns describing a short scene that led to the experience, uh, and another player, another player or players might come with you, although they do not gain the same experience. Uh, and we've got a couple of options of things to have done. Uh, so Anya, uh, how about you go first? Um, were we, were we a seafaring adventuring team or is being on boats new to us? Um, I ended up with the, I, I picked the in the rigging thing. So I think I at least am familiar with the sea okay. and with boats. You know, swashbucklers are pretty piratical. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, corsair uh, occupation. Yeah, I think in that case, like, I don't think Precious is a sailor per se, but, you know, has sea legs, uh, good at locating buried treasure, that kind of thing. Yeah, I imagine Atlas was an absolute nightmare to deal with on a ship. Just like, it's so hot and everything's wet. <laughs> and so we settled down in Fantasy Miami. <laughs> perfect for a delicate pretty boy yep um so yeah that kind of answers what we were doing before we put down roots here um i i think atlas spent his time in the party and i don't know that he had much of a life outside that that was kind of his identity and the first thing he learned about how to live in town is I think probably just interacting with so many people daily. Because, um, mm. you know, if we were out at sea adventuring, we probably weren't experiencing the same volume as a city. So I think that was probably pretty overwhelming for him at first. And yeah, that's kind of what I have. Did you uh, pick a town experience? I just pick one from my scholar. Is that what yes. I do? Oh. Yeah. The, the, the idea is like that your experience in town, the first step is how you got it. Um, I think I would like to choose keen observation, something only you could see. And um, he got that from 
his, like, his initial desire to stay more away and isolated. And so he'd spend a lot of time just observing, I think. Sounds good. Um, so I think the town experience that I want to take uh, is actually very similar in some ways to a keen observation uh, from the poet. Uh, I'm taking a friend in, uh, in need and uh, that is know who to call for a favor. And I think the way that he came about that is uh, he started sort of observing people in town at first. Uh, and then just like because he was in the same spot every day, people became familiar with him and like started talking to him uh, because he looks like a friendly guy. And so he uh, started learning who some of the locals were, what they did, and, you know, not necessarily able to call them in for a favor, but knows who to go to if we need uh, spare parts for the kitchen, that kind of thing. Nice. Oh, yeah. I think Beck, when we got in uh, and we were talking about starting a boat bar together, Beck was like, well, sh shit, I don't know how to cook. Well, I know how to, I know how to make trail rations, but I don't know how to do... I gotta do some research. And so he goes and walks his way down the marina and like buys like a bunch of just little morsels from every vendor he can find and is like and takes it all back to wherever we were staying and just sits there and stares at it each piece at a time and then like takes one little bite and like thinks really hard about it and then write something down, and then just does that with every single thing until he can tell, understand why food tastes good. Bless. Um, yeah, so he's like, this is sour, but I like it. Why? Much, much, much. Hmm. Much, much, much. Uh, and that is how I gained a refined palate. Sense of taste second to none. Nice. Bless. Awesome. All right. With that, we move on to regular play. So, uh, Anya, you get to pick our next game, the only game that's kind of off limits, uh, the first step, and uh, in the rhythm of things are off limits. Uh, in the rhythm of things is how we'll end the game. So... Mm -hmm choose a choose a game and we will do the thing yeah um how about market day you never would have guessed how many things you need just to keep a tavern running sounds good um how much of this should i read or do we just read the setup um Hang on, I'm trying to find Market Day. 
I think I think um, reading the, the the first page is is good. Okay. Yeah. Well, while August is looking, I can go ahead and do that. You never would have guessed how many things a tavern needs to operate on a day-to-day basis. It feels like you're always at the market. In your previous life, you would have just thrown your coin at the nearest merchant to get what you need. But now that you're tied down to one place, it's not as easy to get everything. Buying something isn't as straightforward as a simple transaction. Still, calling this place home has its advantages. A trader saves something special for you, or throws in a little something extra as thanks for your patronage, or for that favor you did them last time. It's nice. Anyone can play. Players choose between being a shopper or a merchant. Merchants can be player characters or NPCs. There must be at least one of each. Okay, so I'm assuming Atlas is the shopper? Uh, Yeah, Atlas is shopping. Do y'all want to shop or merchant or anything? Um, I can be a merchant. So, um, since you're the shopper, answer uh, the questions there. Um, what do you need either for the tavern or for yourself? Is it difficult to find here? And if so, why? Um, I think I want Zach's input on this because I think Beck asked Atlas to go get this thing from the market mm-hmm. uh, for a dish like you're experimenting with. Mm-hmm. So if you have an idea of what kind of thing that Atlas can uh, try and procure. It's called jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exotic. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's from, well, it's from across the sea, but there's a lot of seas. This is true. <laughs> okay. But it's good. You, you cut them up and they, they add zing to the dish. Atlas just scrawls on a notepad like jalapenos spelled very wrong and zing with a bunch of like marks around it to make it look like it's like an onomatopoeia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. God bless. Yeah, Atlas is looking for a jalapeno, which he's probably not sure what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, and as a merchant, I answer the question, uh, what sign, item of clothing, or other visual cue do you use to attract buyers? Um, and I think it makes sense to me that I'm some sort of spice merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, like... I've got a stall, and that stall is just festooned with, like, dried spices, um, you know, uh, herbs. Uh, I have, I'm imagining I have a thing that's hanging up that has all manners of dried peppers attached to it. Uh, not that, not that, uh, Atlas necessarily knows that a jalapeno would be among the dried peppers, but, um... You shouldn't eat... I guess you could eat dried jalapeno, but you want that shit fresh. Ah, that's true. That's true. So, scratch all of that. Um, fresh vegetable merchant. And there's a sign that's, like, a stylized person, you know, a stylized face, like, munching on a carrot. 
and this this stall is super colorful you know you've got carrots and you know heirloom carrots because orange carrots are gross but the heirloom multicolored carrots are really great um you've got different different sorts of peppers um you know in various colors you've got veg you know root vegetables you've got your greens um and i think that since we've got magic here and this is a fantasy universe we've got little uh you know little magical uh things strung up above the the vegetables that occasionally mist them uh like how they do in the grocery stores and Mm -hmm. you know the mist turns on as soon as you're trying to select something so you always get crystals pardon little like like little mystic crystals Mm mm-hmm and you always oh, get yeah. moistened when you're trying to select the veggie. Mm. <laughs> this deeply upsets Atlas. <laughs> As he reaches for one, it's like, oh, this is fine silk. <laughs> All right, so we've answered our questions, and so we go on to the exchange. Uh, for each item a shopper needs, merchants will ask at least one of the following. Uh, they may ask as many as they want until they are satisfied. Uh, let's see. Let's say I've been having trouble tracking something down, and I think that something is some sort of mystically infused turnip. Mm. Um, just because I think that's that's very silly, uh, and this merchant is a silly person in my mind. So uh, I've been having trouble tracking down a mystically infused turnip that I've heard grows over one of the many seas. Where have you encountered this item before, and what advice do you think I need if I'm trying to obtain it? Okay, so I just googled uh, what kind of conditions turnips need to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like full sunlight is... Uh, necessary but temperature is not too warm from 40 to 75 degrees fahrenheit (laughs) okay um so now i have that information uh you're welcome if you've been wondering about growing turnips um so with that information in mind where have i encountered this item before so i think we encountered this item um, at one point, perhaps we had gotten shipwrecked on an island. And while we were waiting to fix up our boat uh, and exploring, this was one of the items on the island. Mm-hmm. Is it like something that we discovered and we started eating while we were rationing our food? What kind of magic are you thinking this does? Um, maybe it has, like, healing properties. Okay. Yeah, then maybe we ate it and realized that and then turned it into some sort of paste or something to help fix our boat. (laughs) Hmm. Boats are made of of wood. You can heal, you know, make the the wood heal itself. That's, That's fun. I like yeah, that. That's fine. <laughs> so that's uh where I think we've encountered it before. 
Uh, what advice do you think I need if I'm trying to obtain it? Um, on your way to this island, the reason we got shipwrecked is... Is it weather-related or is it a giant sea creature? <laughs> do what's in your heart. Yeah, there's a... There's a, a big old octopus to be, who doesn't love a good kraken. Um, and so as you're traveling through, you need to be aware of that uh, because it will, in fact, wreck your boat. Does that work? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at these. I want to ask one more because mm -hmm. I think this is fun. Uh, I think that you know what foods I like and how to prepare them. Um, although you may not necessarily be the one preparing, you may have badgered um, badgered Beck into doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always give you a discount when you bring me something you've, uh, you've cooked. Uh, what have you brought today? Um, so I think out of a, a warming bag that he's been carrying, like a cloth bag that has like extra padding to keep things warm, Atlas will pull out some sort of pie. Um, it's one of the new ones that Beck has been experimenting with, and he'll give a flashy, like, bright white smile, and <laughs> there's a sticky note on the top that's like, mm. this was made by Beck, not Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Atlas gracefully hands it over and says, uh, Beck sends his regards. And, yeah, I don't know if you have any ideas for what kind of pie you would be experimenting with, but... Well, there's a lot of pies. There's your fruit pies. <laughs> Apple. Banana. Boysenberry. There's also savory pies. Chicken pot. Beef pot. Fish pot. And then you can kind of just go crazy from there. Beck is saying this as he's standing surrounded by pizza t by pie tins. <laughs> I also imagine that like Atlas is writing this down and is saying this to the merchant as he's like producing the pie, like this ramble about food. I caramelized some onions, and I basted these fish in honey as a marinade and then I put them in a pie it's good sounds pretty legit honestly yeah <laughs> alright um, I think the merchant is satisfied uh, and gives you a discount on the uh, jalapenos and I think that uh, the merchant does point out other peppers that uh, they have uh, just in case. And uh, they give you a discount. Sweet. Yeah, and I think um, Atlas will buy a couple extra peppers just like to get into Beck's good graces. Like, oh, look at also all of these. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I imagine that's all you say to him, too. Mm -hmm. Just cool. Bye. <laughs> I, well, I, I take it and I start using it. 
And I, well, every, every variety of pepper that we have, I have to eat one whole. Oh, God. Chew, chew it. And that, that tells me what it's supposed to taste like. You're like a fucking Skyrim character. You just eat mm. things to find out what they do. Yeah. What other way is there? Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. 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 So that's precious game time. Uh, let's see. I kind of want to do sliced, but I'm not necessarily a cook. But it could be one of those things where I am forced to cook because Beck is away. I was going to say that sliced was when I was eyeing. Okay, I will not do sliced then. Um, how about off the clock? Uh, it's been a while since you've all had a proper day off. Things are slower right now, and you can get away with closing up for a day. Uh, where do you go after the tables are wiped down? Who's heard every story you have about the worst people who have walked in? Uh, and the setup is anyone can play. Each player describes the first thing their character is doing to wind down, let loose, or otherwise forget about work for a while. Um, do we all want to play, or is it just precious? I mean, if it's slow, it's probably slow for everyone, right? Yeah. I'm fine playing. All right, so I will start. Uh, the first thing... Uh, my knee-jerk... You know, my, my first inclination was to have Precious go for a swim, but Precious is a cat boy. Precious doesn't go for a swim. He doesn't... <laughs> he, he barely tolerated being on a boat, like... Um, so, uh, in, in his youth, I think he used to hit up taverns, but now that he owns a tavern, it's just like, eh, I, I, I think I'm good. So I think he goes for a walk in, uh, in a park. Um, I'm trying to decide what kind of park a beachside town would have. Hmm. Uh, I mean, probably, probably like a boardwalk. Yeah. And I think, you know, because there was uh the question in the game description, um, who's heard every story you have about the worst people who've walked in, I think maybe there's a a shopkeep who share who who sells like like souvenirs and, and tchotchkes. Um because you say boardwalk, I immediately think of, you know, one of those souvenir shops that has airbrush t-shirts and, and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I think that person whose name is uh, Fellowship Brown. Uh, I think Fellowship and uh, Precious have bonded over bad customers. Hmm. And uh, on our turn, you can do a scene alone or ask one or more players to join. Start by choosing a prompt from the list below or coming up with your own. Um, actually, uh, each player describes the first thing their character does winding down. So uh, I guess uh, Zachary and then Anya. Yeah, if it's chill, then Beck is going to take all of his knives and put them in a little uh like he's got this like rolled up 
it's like a it's like a um, like a pelt that's been like like stripped like a leather like a leather uh, like carrying case that you can like sheath all the knives into and then roll them up into a little bundle uh and then he goes and usually he sharpens them like before and like before a shift uh in the kitchen but he goes and he sharpens them up for the next day in um like on the in like the crow's nest of the ship just like looking out over the water and like drawing them across a wet stone one at a time until all of their edges are perfectly honed just chilling what about Atlas? Atlas. I'm looking at the, there's a trip you've been wanting to make prompt. And so I think Atlas is uh, preparing for that trip. Um, going through the process of renting whatever kind of car this city uses and packing. Okay. Cool. So that's what we do immediately after we get off work so um the next thing we do is choose a prompt from the list below and on our turn we may do a scene alone or we might jump back in with the group uh if nothing comes to mind you can pass or look at the time and realize you have to get back to work uh, when everyone has passed in a row or gone back to work the game is over so um i think that precious wants to grab some food around the corner. And uh, the question there is what is familiar about it? And I think there's like a um, street food vendor that maybe sells like takoyaki or something like that. And uh, Precious will never admit it, but I think at the very least Beck understands that it reminds it reminds him of a time where they were eating a lot of uh a lot of squid and he deeply enjoyed the taste of squid so having having a, a source of tasty squid delicacy well not delicacy but you know some sort of a tasty quid squid snack is uh familiar to precious I don't know if Atlas would pick up on that. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Anya. Uh, no, you're, yeah, you're good. I think Precious always invites Beck and Atlas to get takoyaki with him, but mm -hmm. whether or not y'all care for takoyaki is entirely up to you. Beck will eat anything. Mm. The first, the first time you had it, he bit it in half and then just stared inside the takoyaki ball ball for like five straight minutes. Oh my god. How did they do that? And then he found out it's like it's like fried or, or like or like um grilled in a in a pan. It was like incredible. I think Atlas loves to watch uh Beck's exploring new food. <laughs> And so definitely would come along. Um, and I think he probably doesn't like them very much. Mm -hmm. And like takes his time slipping them onto your plates when you're not looking. Like just mm -hmm. adds them to your plates. Mm -hmm. Nice. I think, I think Beck is very intrigued and is trying to like figure out how to do 
sausage takoyaki. So like squid sausage? No, just normal, like just like Italian sausage or German sausage. Okay. Just diced in in the in the little um, batter bowls. Okay, okay. I was I was uh, imagining squid sausage for a second there, and my brain was like recoiling in horror. So, mm-hmm. um, what if I put mozzarella in there? I I think nothing can be ruined by cheese. <laughs> yeah. That is one problem here. It's hard to get milk because there's not a lot of cows in the sea. That's very true. And you can't milk manatees. An astute observation. <laughs> you can, but they don't like it. Bless. I don't want to know how you un- how you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a good place to end off with with my little little scene. So, uh, whoever wants to go next, hmm. do you have anything? Because I think Beck Beck is just happy to just eat food and and hang out. He's like so not like oh, I have to go. I guess if the kids are playing baseball, he'd be like, yeah, I'll play some baseball. Well, I think. Um... Atlas was, there's uh, a trip that he's been wanting to make, and it's a little ways from town, and it's like a smaller town, so I I think he would invite y'all with him if he wanted to go. I'm sure there's some local restaurants, which might be some hole-in-the-wall good finds. Hell yeah. So I think Atlas would show up with a little ascot tied around his neck, looking very preppy boy about to take a trip his polo his khakis and pulls up with whatever kind of car he could rent whatever vehicle he could rent and asks if y'all would like to join him can you drive (laughs) probably that's not yes (laughs) I mean I would love a chauffeur (laughs) alright Precious, are you coming? See, there's a part of me that wants to go, but there's another part of me that doesn't want to see you driving. I'm not driving anymore. I have a chauffeur now. Means I get to control the tunes. (laughs) That's supposed to be the passenger's job. (laughs) That's what you get. Um... Yeah, I'm in. And Precious, like, hops up. I think that he's wearing, like, just plain breeches and a plain, like, linen shirt with the the sleeves rolled up. And I'm imagining there's, like, lacing at the collar that he has left artfully unlaced because of who he is as a person. So, uh, this vehicle, um... Are we going inland, or are we going further along the coast to this tiny place? Um, I I would be fine with either option if you have a preference for where this small town is. I was thinking if it's if it's further along the coast, we'd have like a sand skiff that you rented, 
like a, a sleigh meant to go over sand as opposed to snow. How cute. Uh, as opposed to like a carriage or something. So. Could be cool. I guess the big question for me is, uh, do we do we make it to this town uh, without any mishaps? What kind of mishaps would we get into? Um. Well, uh, is Beck good at driving, uh, driving the the sand skiff, or do we hire somebody, uh, some outside individual as a chauffeur? I think Beck probably considers himself a good driver, um, but what he really is is a fast and accurate driver. Mm-hmm. It might not be comfortable, but he he doesn't he he doesn't crash. Mm-hmm. But he is like that's because he's like you know always readjusting, and so you're never like in a really it's not a smooth ride. But it's it's very fast and safe. Mm-hmm. And he does blast bluegrass. Oh my god. Incredible. Love it. Atlas keeps trying to change it. And I imagine Beck just changes it back. (laughs) (laughs) Beck doesn't look and touch it and grabs your wrist. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So we get there. And I know Atlas tempted Beck with exploring new cuisine but what was atlas wanting to do here atlas wanted to shop he heard that there were some very fine artisans here who made the nicest robes and cloaks of course (laughs) so i think he uh would maybe we get a lunch and go shop and then get more food or something like might as well spend the day here. And so, uh, yeah. Sorry. Precious spends a lot of time with his hands behind his back, definitely trying not to get a five-finger discount. Oh my god. Can't take you anywhere nice. You can. I clean up nice. I play nice. You've got nothing to worry about from me. I've seen your room. You don't clean up nice. Mm-hmm. Hush you. Mm. Cool. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so that means it's back around to me. Um, this looks fun. Uh, there's a traveling troupe of performers here for a few days. Have you met any of them before? And I think, I think it's fun if. One of the performers is a former member of our crew. Mm. So, like, I don't know who they are or what they did, but, you know, a former member of the crew, we catch up with drinks, maybe uh, invite them in to show show off uh, the party boat as it stands now. They gently rib us about the, the state of the, the state of the boat and... We're, you know, Precious is just like, we're working on it. We're working on it. But I think that that occupies a little bit of Precious's time off. Mm-hmm. That just says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man of few words. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. 
do we uh do we know why this person left? I think it might be they you know we were in town at some point in some port, and the traveling troupe was there, and they fell in love with one of the one of the actors and ran away to join the performers. Aww, cute. So that's my my action. Uh, if y'all have any actions you want to take, by all means. If you would rather uh, pass or look at the time. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, Beck will be like, well, this was nice, but uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And he like means that this was nice, but bye. Yeah. <laughs> like truly. Yeah. He means what he says. <laughs> I mean, this person, this person has worked with with Beck before. I'm sure that they understand. Mm-hmm. It's really funny that Beck is a swashbuckler. It is so laconic. It's fun, is the thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was uh. Off the clock, Zachary, it's your turn. All right. Time to slice. You can handle typical tavern food fine. You got plenty a very nice stew, great bread from a baker down the street, and plenty of ale. But sometimes the plywoods get disrupted, or maybe you just want to stand out from the rest of the taverns. Whatever the reason, you're playing this game because you want or need to do one thing. Cook with monster parts. So I'm going to be the cook. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so I am. I need to draw three cards from the deck. For each card drawn, I will roll two six-sided dice to determine how large the ingredient source is and where it's from, and then interpret it based on suit and rank. Uh, you guys will then des- describe the ingredient in more detail and tell me a highlight of this ingredient or a difficulty I may have while cooking it. I'm a competent cook. Just remember to mention mention. How we get around and yeah, okay. All right, so that's a seven of spades, a seven of clubs, and a ten of clubs. Uh, so that comes to seven of spades. Seven is has a feature of natural camouflage and is a plant or plant based product. Interesting. And I'll roll 2d6, getting tiny and underground. Ooh. And then the, so then the, the second seven is also natural camouflage, but a club, which means it's fungi, lichen, and mold. Fragrant mushrooms, yeasts, bright green, and orange slimes. Pretty cool. And that one is mountain sized <laughs> in the forest. Wow. Okay, and then the 10 is uh, some sort of shiny fungi, lichen, or mold. And that is house-sized and also underground. Jesus. Two underground ingredients and one that's in the forest that is the size of a mountain. I don't need the whole mountain. (laughs) It's just the the source is mountain-sized. I guess you guys got to come up with what the heck these are. I have an idea for the first one. Um, Mm -hmm. Nymph roots. So you have to find a tree that has a dryad associated with it and get some of the roots of that tree. Mm. Interesting. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so what's what? What are the highlight and of the ingredient and the difficulty I may have while cooking it? Um, I think that the highlight is it's umami plus, like because it's associated with a dryad, it's mm -hmm. got a a magical flair to the flavor, and sure. it's difficult to describe the exact flavor that it brings but it's it's flavor plus it's the ultimate flavor enhancer hell yeah okay and which one is this is this the is this the forest one the first one you said yeah i said I've... forest one I was thinking i was thinking the the first one because it's specifically plant derived and it's not something it's not something you can get in large quantities because a dryad will be very upset. That's very true. And uh though it is underground, so I have to find an underground dryad grove. And you said the other one's a fungus? The, both of the other ones are fungi or lichen or slimes. Okay, so I I think like I knew mushrooms, yeasts, bright green and orange slimes. Uh, I'll do one of the mushrooms. Okay. Um, I think it's a giant field mushroom mm. that grows underground. So I guess a giant cave mushroom. <laughs> uh, well, no, that one's in the forest. Oh, okay, the perfect. Second... So, yeah. So one is 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 mountain sized and in the forest, and one is house sized and in the mountains uh, in the underground. <laughs> I th yeah, I think it's a a giant field mushroom the size of a mountain in the forest. Lord. What is this fucking Minecraft? And it and it and it somehow has natural camouflage. Maybe it looks like a tree. It like it's like so tree like that you don't know it's a mushroom until you until you like figure out that the leaves are actually mycelia. Jesus. Babe, could you remind me of which highlight and difficulty you picked? Sorry, I was Googling mushrooms. <laughs> um, my highlight was that it's it's like the ultimate flavor enhancer. Okay. I forgot what my difficulty was. Did I give it a difficulty? Uh, you had not yet given it a difficulty. Oh, sorry. Oh, I... Well, I, I just plain forgot. Um, I think the difficulty is if you don't prepare it right... It can induce dryad's wart, which is a magical sickness that uh, gives you like bark-like growths on your skin. Oh boy! It's not like deadly or anything. You're not going to you're not going to uh, kill any of our patrons, but it does require like careful preparation. Hell yeah! I think. Um, oh, sorry. So, like, you just got to be very careful about it? Yeah. Nice. Um, and, yeah, so sorry, um, Anya. So, I think the mountain-sized mushroom, um, mm -hmm. for its highlight, I think it has an interesting texture and provides variety to the dish. Uh-huh. Um, but I do think it dries out if it's overcooked. Oh, sure. Yeah. Needs it needs it needs a steady hand that one. Yes, you you gotta be careful. Mm -hmm. I think you could probably make like patties with it if it's if it's uh, 
then just uh, either do a quick sear, almost like a mushroom burger that with some nymph fruit. Really good. You're making me hungry. <laughs> and then the last one was 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 house sized, found underground, and is shiny. Do you think this is this is like a full on slime, like a like a like a dragon like a Dragon Quest slime? Yeah, I was about to suggest that like silvery a silvery slime mold. Like kind of like maybe like acidic or tangy. Ooh. Yeah. Um you can use it to like make a like a like an aioli. Yeah. But the difficulty is it's because it's like a dragon quest or, or other kind of slime, uh it has a tendency to eat other things. So you've gotta be careful what it's eaten prior. Um mm, sure, sure, sure. you've gotta filter that out somehow. You gotta and you could even maybe like feed it stuff like mustard seeds and stuff to like uh influence the flavor but if you're if you're not careful it'll get it'll get funky yes all right well uh you guys are the tasters of this for this new dish each of you has something that you want from the this dish come up with something on your own or use the examples below uh stuff like something that reminds you of home a unique combination of flavors so on and so forth and then I will have to come up with a dish based on that. I think I automatically know which one Alice's is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a dish that is rich and satisfying, but doesn't leave you feeling bloated afterwards. Mmm, <laughs> sure. Uh, and I want a new twist on a classic dish. Um, and I think the classic dish is... Um, shoot, I had it in my mind, and then... Of course, as soon as I went to go say it, uh, it left me. Um, I think uh, it's a dish that requires a slab of protein. Um, mm -hmm. Like the, I'm thinking, you know, you've got the the mushroom that you know you can you can sear like a steak, so that's probably going to be the centerpiece of the dish. But um, mm -hmm. with uh, like. Steak and steak and mashed potatoes, you know, very classic, oh, okay. very you know, very staple. Um, mm -hmm. But I want it. I want it with a twist. Well, okay. boy, do we have some slime for you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here, yeah, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Beck is so like we see Beck going and like beseeching a, an, an underground dryad for some of the nymph root. And um, carefully taking his old saber, his simple saber, and like <laughs> chopping off like um, a like a section of of branch from this mushroom, this house mushroom, and um, going into an underground slime cavern, and like very like we, <laughs> he's like very carefully like like holding on to like a rope that he's like tied across the ceiling and like scooping it up with a with a like a silver um stein he puts it all together he sears the thing he like he like um yeah like puts the nymph fruit into the the silver the silver slime uh, along with some like herbs and spices and mushrooms it makes like a kind of like a tangy aioli sauce uh which he spreads liberally on top of a seared uh mushroom patty um, and he is going to put it on a bun. 
And it's going to be a steak burger. Mushroom steak burger. Nice. But it's going to be it's going to be like kind of a, a lighter like an air like a biscuit um bun or not like a biscuit but like a like a croissant bun more than it is like a thick heavy weedy bun that doesn't make you feel bloated. Very nice. Uh and now I get to roll five dice equal to four uh equal uh, yeah five dice four plus your cuisine rating. I place and then I place them in the following squares. Basically I get to arrange the rolls that I make to determine what levels of success I get. And there's four like levels uh, dice I have to assign, so I I don't have a lot of um, wiggle room if I roll any like bad dice. Okay, so there's the th- I've rolled a four, a three, a two, a six, and a one. The one I can set aside, thankfully. So I'm going to assign the six, the goal. I succeed. Taster gives me a compliment. You can tell me what comp- what what I succeed on and what compliment I get. Um, I think Atlas, uh, his compliment is that it was not too greasy like many other burgers he has had, and it filled him up just the right amount. It was perfect. Cool. I think I'm going to put the two under presentation because I'm not great at that uh it might taste great but it looks pretty unappetizing one taster describes what part of the dish grosses them out the most i think that the thing that grosses uh precious out the most is actually the aioli because it looks too similar to the source slime so Mm -hmm. you know you've got slime mold slathered it is silver like a silver, shiny silver sauce. That is true. That is a little strange. Yeah. Um. Cool. Then the last four two, I'm going to put a three under seasoning. Seems almost right, but it's missing a little something. What flavor do you want more of or what spice do you add as you're eating? One taster can answer. Uh, and we can also have like NPCs here as well. I think Schooner is just like, needs more kelp. Jesus. Puts a... Uh... Furtikake on the burger. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And then, um, then the last one would be uh, texture. Uh, three to four. Cook describe how one part of the dish was overcooked or overdone just a bit, but you caught it before the dish was ruined. I think I got, I got the the sear. I was just a tiny bit too long, but I managed to get it before it lost its like juiciness. It just wasn't as perfectly juicy as it could be. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right. Um, yeah. And then, um, there's all the props. If any characters love the dish, you may make one of them a permanent named NPC or write down a new and named NPC who has this as their favorite dish. I like the idea of writing down a new named NPC. A burger lover? Yeah. Comes in every uh, every Friday. Oh, uh, hell yeah. How about Reginald Blackwood? Oh, Blackwood. Love some burgers. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. What is, uh, what's Reginald uh, Blackwood like? 
He sounds kind of fancy. He does. He does. Um, maybe a local merchant. Mm-hmm. Good. Alrighty. So we've done three games. So now it's time to take a break. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!